0: Hi, I'm Dr. Jason Kessler. Long ago, I made a discovery that wasn't new at all. I learned that there's not a single person that you'll ever meet that you can't learn something from. In this podcast, I interview people from all walks of life and see what, together, we can learn. My guest today is Michelle Turnus, and uh, she is describes herself as a matcha and tea obsessed real estate agent. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? <laughs> tell me a
1: little. Yes. Yeah, so um, I've got three kids. Uh, one at home. The other two are graduated and out of the house. Um, two fun loving dogs. Um, I'm currently a real estate agent. My husband and i also own a business um, with rental properties where we rent properties out to people that are in between homes um, like when they're buying a home and building a home and need somewhere to stay in between um i sell tea for sipology and uh, most recently got invited by facebook to be paid for making reels so i've started doing some um content creation on facebook as well have kind of a, a unique background or i uh podge-podge background. Um, I actually started out as a real estate agent when I was young, went to nursing school, became a nurse, um, went into the insurance field using my nursing degree, um, started looking at medical claims, which eventually turned me into a data nerd, started looking at data and analytics, um, had a major car accident, had to shift gears, and got back into real estate working with my mom. So that's the quick uh, (laughs) five-second shakedown of uh, my past history Mm -hmm. there.
0: In your view, you know, you've, you've, you've been involved in nursing and real estate and, and, and now some, some things in the digital world. What's the common thread? What, what holds those things together for you?
1: Yeah, I think ultimately I'm a very kind of empathetic person and I love helping people. And so in every career that I've had, I've had some kind of touch that I feel like I'm helping people and making a difference in their lives.
0: Tell me about a goal that you achieved and one you're still working on.
1: One goal was the rental properties. So for a very long time now, I've always wanted to own rental properties, um, kind of as a source of passive income and a supplement to retirement. Um, So we started a business last year, finally, after thinking about it for a long time and bought two properties this year. So that would be a goal I've accomplished. Um, One that I am working towards, so I think still along those same lines, I kind of have a dream of... Turning my rental company into something bigger, where I partner with other investors and I'm able to kind of fill the gap for rentals for them as well, help them furnish their homes um, and do the short-term rental thing as well. So kind of just leveraging my knowledge and my skills with real estate, um, the kind of the contacts that I have of people that need short-term rentals, and um, you know, pooling our resources together and doing something bigger.
0: What do you like most about uh, about your your rental business that you've been doing? <laughs>
1: Um, honestly, I love right now, it's just a small business and there's still that personal touch with people. So I love being able to help the The tenants we've had so far are all stressed out because I can't find somewhere to live that's reasonably priced in the, um, kind of interim, right? They could go Airbnb, but that's ridiculously expensive. They just need somewhere to land for a month or two months or three months. And so I think really it's been being able to just help these people, um, kind of ease their mind and give them a place that's comfortable to be, that's decently priced and um, just help them get through that transition and a really stressful point in their life.
0: When I was a kid my dad used to do property management and he he ran apart uh, several apartment buildings and I I never really thought about it as a helping people type of uh, type of type of thing and I you know obviously as a kid I didn't have great understanding of what he did other than that uh, he would hire me to clean the places and clean (laughs) tenants which was work I hated but you know it, it
1: it taught you, you know, great
0: work ethic. When you, it, it did teach me great work ethic, and yeah. I think that's, um, you know, when you think about different ways of teaching your kids, and you have kids, I have kids, and, um, you know, teaching them things like that, that work ethic. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's a great thing, which, you know, let me ask you a little bit yeah. about what, what specific things do you think that your kids are learning from you?
1: Wow. So I think there's a lot of things. I mean, there's good and bad, right? Um, I'm a highly anxious personality, and I feel like sometimes my kids have probably picked up some of my bad (laughs) habits from that perspective. But um, I think that they've learned to just be kind, loving people. Um, They've learned the importance of having a good work ethic and working for the things that you want. Um, And honestly, really cool story. So my um, son... It works for So my dad uh, builds houses and my son works for him and he actually draws houses. So oh he's, I've been able to kind of help him in terms of like just teaching him the real estate world and what I've learned from that perspective. And um, totally not related to what I taught him, but he drew our new house that we built last year, too. So it was kind oh of God. fun. He taught me something as well.
0: So like artwork, pictures of of the houses, or like like drawing the blueprints, blueprints. yeah, like the
1: CAD work and three D renderings and all that fun stuff.
0: Oh, exciting! Fun. Now you uh, and the information that you gave me about yourself, um, the one of the the last the last sentence says, "I try very hard to maintain a positive mindset." and try to spread love light and encouragement to those around me yeah and that sounds great uh, yeah. can you can you unwrap that a little bit for me tell you yeah. tell me how you do those things yeah
1: so i wouldn't say i i am always perfect at that nor have i always done that um i mean i've had some pretty dark periods in my life too but um i have really i guess you, you do get kind of wiser as you get older and um sometimes you have some really big challenges in life and hurdles that um or uh, i don't know, just. Uh, Something comes out of left field you weren't expecting, right? And it changes the whole course of your life, and it makes you really think about things. And I think the last five years have been extremely um, just took a big shift in where I thought my life was gonna go, and uh, made me focus on positivity because I was in a very dark place. And I think the only thing that I had holding on to to hold on to was. Um, you know, I had to find every little piece of light I could find just to try to kind of hold on. And I've I've found through a lot of hard work and a lot of good therapists and um, different things that um, really a positive mindset makes a huge difference in both your physical and your mental health. And I think we can all agree that it's a lot happier, uh, a lot easier to be around someone who's happy. Um, you can really kind of feel their energy and and project that onto them. So I guess, I don't know, I just, the last five years have been really um, turning in terms of trying to be a positive light to people. I just, I feel wonderful when I can help someone um, and bring, you know, even if it's just a moment of a smile into their life and help them feel better for five seconds.
0: So you said that you know, you'd been in some pretty dark places and we've yeah. all been in some pretty dark places from yeah. time to time and, and we've all had to come up with ways to get out of those dark places yes. and you sort of reinvented yourself um, by returning to something that you had some experience in in the past, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about how that happened for you? Yeah,
1: so it wasn't actually by choice. Um, I got in a, a really bad car accident about five years ago. Um, I was headed home from a work trip in Minnesota and a semi rear-ended me. And, well, rear-ended the car behind me. It was a six-car pileup. Long story short, I had a brain injury and some other injuries that prolonged for a long, you know, quite some time, and I had to make the decision to leave my career that I thought at the time that I loved and was the path I wanted to take in life, um, and. Thankfully, my mom's been a real estate agent for many, many years, and she offered me the opportunity to partner up with her. Um, it seemed like the perfect thing at the time because I could work part-time, I could pick my hours, I could sleep when I needed the rest, I could you know, go to all my doctor's appointments, all those fun things. So it was a series of things um, from that perspective, like a bad event, a parent who happened to have, need help and, and have an opportunity for me, um, that kind of I just, it all, all the stars aligned from that perspective. My grandfather was a huge role model to me. Um, He was a construction worker. He owned his own excavation company. Um, That's kind of how my dad got into the business that he is. And my grandpa used to always call himself an old ditch digger. And he used to always joke around when people would, you know, try to tell him that he was lucky or he did whatever. And he that was just his thing. I'm just an old ditch digger. Um, And his his saying that he used to always say to me too is it doesn't matter if you're a ditch digger if you uh, work at McDonald's or if you're a doctor everybody wears the same shoes um, everybody or everybody puts their pants on the same way one one leg at a time and uh, I think that has just always stuck with me like he just really taught me to respect everybody down from the person that's cleaning the toilets all the way up to the CEO of a company and not really view them. In a different light right we're all just humans we all uh some of us were gifted um opportunities that others weren't um some of us made our way where we are but um it's not really what you're doing that makes you who you are at the core of it we're just all people and all lovable and deserve to all be respected
0: it's a wonderful philosophy i love it it's um and it's part of what i think about when i think about why i you know why i do this this podcast because like you know, from the janitor to the CEO, who who you can who who's out there that you can't learn stuff from? you right. You really can learn stuff from everybody, but you can take that a step farther, and and you know, you can love all of those people yeah. too, and yeah. they all have their the the you know the wonderful things about them. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's hard for us to to find those things yeah. and to look for those in everybody that 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 we meet. So. Yeah. Um, and 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 you got that from your from your grandfather yeah okay Okay. tell me about one specific thing okay that you've done that you're really that you're really proud of it doesn't have to be your greatest achievement but something you feel really good about having achieved
1: I'm really proud of myself I have been working so hard on self-care and loving myself and breaking some of those bad tendencies I had to um, just put myself down and not see my worth um, let other people take advantage of me and so i think i'm just really proud of myself especially in the last year i have worked really hard on my mental health um, on making my self-care a priority and while i still really struggle with things like anxiety i am able to manage it in a way that is not all cons- like it can- doesn't consume me anymore it's just something i have and something i have to deal with Um, But I figured out a good rhythm and a good um, kind of process in my life that helps me manage that and be happy
0: so tell me a little bit about that process what is your key to self-care
1: what is my key to self-care well first of all (laughs) it it all starts with the talk in my head like you know we talk about being a positive light to others. I try really hard to be a positive light to others but I recognize that it's really hard um, you know that saying you can't pour from an empty cup it's so true if you're not taking care of yourself you can't be that positive light to others so I I um, really started by focusing on the way I was talking to myself and it was amazing how many times I would catch myself during the day like that was stupid that was dumb you're stupid you're dumb just the kind of things that I would never say out loud to someone else but I would allow my brain to tell myself and so it started by stopping and replacing those things so if I did something that that wasn't great instead of saying that was stupid I would say well it might not have been my my best choice but I'm going to do better next time Um, and just reframing that and that was a huge change and it started with, I'm gonna just just have a goal of catching myself 10 times a day and reframing it and then 15 and then I'm gonna try to go an hour, two hours, whatever, you know, just expanding it slow and steady um, until I could really have that positive self-talk. And so that was kind of thing one. Thing two was recognizing that self-care is not selfish. So I take a hot bath every single night um, or at least five nights a week. Because it's important to me. I know that I need to get away and I need to decompress and I need to ready myself to sleep. Um, I make sure that I spend time with friends and I don't feel guilty about that. Um, I make sure that I eat, you know, fairly right. I don't have the best diet, but I make sure I eat meals when I need to and do the things that I need to do. I actually, I get chiropractic care and dry needling and massages once a month. I have a lot of pain, and those things help maintain that. And instead of feeling guilty for the money I'm spending, I realize that those things help me manage my pain, which the, then in turn helps me have better mental health and be a better and more productive member of society. So,
0: first, I want to talk a little bit about self talk. Yes. Um, so you know you, you you know one of the things that you had said is it's important to talk positively to yourself as yes. you realize some of the things in your own head or things you'd never say to any uh, to anybody else. Yes. But part of being a light for everybody else is being a light to yourself. Yeah. And that's you know maybe maybe a way that I that I kind of reflect on yeah. the things that that you were saying there. The other thing and it's just one of those basic human things, right? The, yeah. the more you do something, almost anything, the yeah. better you get at it. Yeah. And so it takes practice. Yes. And so, uh, and so, you know, one of the things I was hearing is you're talking about self-talk yeah. is practicing talking to yourself in a positive way. Yes. And that makes you so much better at reflecting positively on yourself, but it also makes it easier for you when you have the practice in your head talking yeah. to yourself to, to do the same thing to others. Yeah. So it's, so it's really all about, how you self how you talk positively yeah. to yourself and everybody everybody else.
1: 100%, you know, there's those cheesy videos, you'll see motivational speakers, they're like, you should look in the mirror and tell yourself, I'm a great person, I'm gonna have a great day, and I just think that is so crazy. But that's how it starts sometimes, is literally looking at yourself in the mirror and saying that and you're like, okay, if I say it enough and I look at myself enough, I'm gonna believe this eventually. <laughs>
0: That makes a lot of difference too. You know the yeah. fake it till you make it type yes. of, type of mentality. You know, yeah. even if you don't believe it, keep saying it because yeah. it will it will change your mind. You can change your own mind, right? Uh, you know about about your own faults. Yeah, uh, by being positive, we can all be. You know, Stuart Smalley. What? and you know, I'm good enough. I'm <laughs> smart enough. And doggone it, people like me. right? Yes, <laughs> and I
1: love what you said about changing your mind because I think that's the thing that you know. Even science, as a doctor, I'm sure you appreciate yeah. this. It's amazing how science has changed in terms of you know it used to be like you've got a mind you get older your mind just deteriorates and now they're finding like you literally can change your mind you can change the structure Mm -hmm. of your mind you can form new neural pathways and so i think that's super exciting to me because it does mean you literally can change some of those old bad habits that you have it's possible even if you're in your 40s 50s 60s it's still doable
0: and and, you know when we transfer that to our dealings with other people. I mean, if you mm-hmm. read, you know, all the self-help books and things like and Dale Carnegie and yeah. you know, even Simon, Simon Sinek, those sorts of things, yeah. where there, it's all about positivity. it's yeah. a, And you said earlier, p- people like a positive person better. You, you like it if they're right. if they're happier. So it's it's about radiating that that positivity, and you can't you you can't just push it outward. It has to be inward, and it and it's such a wonderful way to think about. Everyone, you mean, and it can be sort of tiring. It can be yeah. draining to be that positive all the time.
1: Yeah.
0: But you build energy in yourself. Yeah. By, by being positive towards yourself and towards everybody. I, you know. So yeah. It, it's it's like a vicious cycle. You know. You. <laughs> positivity begets positivity begets positivity and yeah. happiness and this the reverse can happen too right if you're yes. negative you can you can have these negative feelings and responses and it can get worse and it get worse and worse yeah. and then you start projecting that on other people and then people don't like you as much cuz you know you've lost that positivity yeah. so
1: and i've learned to give myself a time out i mean i it is impossible to be positive 100% of the time you wake up on the wrong side of the bed that You know, I give myself grace if I'm having a bad day, but I give myself a time out.
0: You know, one of the things that you had said, reminded me a little of some of the advice that I give to new parents. Right, <laughs> So parents, you know, they have a baby and they don't know what to expect and this baby's crying all the time yeah. and it's really easy to get frustrated. And yeah. I can remember that from being a young parent myself when my kids were very little. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you know what to do to calm that baby and sometimes you don't and sometimes yeah. it gets really frustrating. Yes. So I'll tell new moms, you know what, when the baby's crying and you're frustrated and you don't know what to do, you don't want to act out of frustration. Right put the baby down someplace safe and walk away. If the baby cries for a few minutes by themselves, that's okay. Right. That's not going to hurt them. What's going to hurt them is if you get frustrated and you do something stupid. Right. So take that moment, set the baby down, um, and you know, this can apply to anything, right? You yep. can set the baby down, you can, you know, you can set that frustrating work project down, walk away, take some deep breaths and and get your composure, get yourself back together and take time to take care of yourself um and you know something that you were saying is you you know you do self care every day yeah. you take a, you take a hot bath every day yeah. um and you do these things regularly um, then you'll have less need to walk away from what's going on at yeah. any point in time because you just you just have this kind of natural baseline of of yes, I'm 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 taken care of, I'm, and I'm I'm doing that myself. Yeah. The YMCA used to have this whole thing about you know they had a, a pyramid or, or a triangle, and on one side was care of your body. Yeah. And one on one side was care of your your mind, and, and on one side was care of your spirit. Yeah. Um. So you have to hit all of those things. Yes. Um. And and you've done that. And and what was walk us through the process of like how you came to your your routine now. Um, how did you discover the things that the things that you needed to do to take care of yourself
1: yeah so um, after my car accident I I mentioned I was in a very dark place Um, I ended up being diagnosed with PTSD Um, I've had generalized anxiety pretty much my entire life Um, but I was very blessed to meet some counselors who did EMDR um, which was life changing for me but they also gave me the tools I needed to actually grant me permission to take care of myself, if that makes sense. And I think it's kind of a twofold thing, right? With the EMDR, you work through traumas. It wasn't just about the accident. There's all kinds of stuff. We all have traumas, even if we have the best life, right? You've all got traumas. So being able to work through those and some of my negative beliefs I had made me more open to the idea that self-care is okay. Self-care isn't selfish. So it kind of all started with that. Um, Good therapist. That gave me lots of recommendation. Um, you know. A lot of people that have never gone to therapy think therapy is just talking back and forth. Oh, tell me how you feel. Um, A good therapist actually encourages you to work on things when you're out of the office too, right? So they give you tools for self-talk. They give you tools for when you're feeling anxious, those kind of things. So I had a wonderful therapist that helped me with that. Um, I still see her today, honestly. And, um, and then I did a lot of research. So I have, and I think a lot of people with anxiety have this, right? They have a very analytical, busy mind. So anxiety is my blessing and my curse. It's a blessing because I think I'm creative and very intelligent in an analytical way because of the way my mind works. But that's also what gets me ruminating and stirring and all kinds of things um, from that perspective. But I love to research. And so that's part of that analytical mind. And so I um, just did a lot of research on meditation, alternative forms of healing, those kind of things, just, um, you know, anxiety relief. uh, And then was, I think, just more open to actually learning and trying things that were non-traditional
0: i want to back up a little bit you commented on emdr and how yeah. it really changed your life yeah and i'm familiar with emdr yeah uh, and obviously you are too but i'm not sure all our listeners yeah. are so can you you know give a three-sentence summary of what emdr is about yes
1: so and you maybe you can help me it's eye eye movement desensitization what's the r Oh yeah. We'll have to look that up. I, I, I'm,
0: not, I'm not sure. I was hoping you were going to know that. Oh, so <laughs> uh, what why. is it? I, always,
1: I always blank out on that. Anyway, basically what you're doing in, in kind of layman's terms is when you're anxious, when you have all these, you know, mental health things, a lot of times you are you have like a rational part of your brain and then you have, I guess, it, I don't know, that'd be irrational. I don't know what you'd call it, maybe. But you've got two sides of your brain, right? And a lot of times when you're in those... Um, fight-or-flight mode when you're kind of stuck in anxiety you're not using your tapping into your rational brain. And so really EMDR helps you be able to process things using both sides of your brain. So they do, um, like for me, I can't, because of my accident, I have some visual issues. So I can't do the visual. There's one form of it where you kind of watch a ball going back and forth in front of your eyes or different things. Um, For me, they gave me these little kind of paddles that vibrate one at a time, right hand, left hand, right hand, left hand. And there's different, rates that they vibrate at. So like when you're trying to think about something that is um, panicky, it might go fast and then when they're trying to calm you down it might go slow. And basically what it is is you relive the experiences that you had that are traumatizing to you while you have that kind of beating in your hands going on and what it does is it engages that rational part of your brain. So you're able to say hey, oh okay this was really bad but it connects that rational brain and brings it all full circle so you're uh, you know, your mind and your body, there's such a connection between that. So basically it makes your mind be able to kind of tell your body you're okay and you're safe and bring it all full circle. It helps you just process it and kind of release the issues that you've had or really deal with the issues that you had.
0: I'm cheating here a little bit because I have an iPad over here. It's <laughs> eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing.
1: That's what here it is. It yes, is. yes. The reprocessing. That's the big part of it. Yeah.
0: Parents in particular, we see a lot of this guilt Uh, And and I've kind of referred to it in my own head as mom guilt, right? So moms feel guilty about... I'm, 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 I'm not attending to my child because I'm taking care yeah. of my needs, and that's that's a very real thing that a lot of parents feel. And, and, and was there a time when you felt that way, um, and and how did and you? And still you do deal with sometimes, it? but
1: yeah, you have to get. I like to refer to it as the mom martyr syndrome, right? Like you're self-martyr. You feel like if you you have to give yourself to make your children's life better, when in reality, what we don't realize is that if we actually take care of ourselves, that makes our children's lives better. We don't, you know, they don't, your kid is going to gain more from you being in a better mood and your overall attitude with things than they are from that one meal that you didn't sit and eat with them. So I think it's kind of that, that we think that we have to give of ourselves and give, 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 but not get back anything in return. And we have that guilt of, I missed dinner, I didn't have dinner with them tonight, or I missed something that we felt was important, when the reality is, you know, it's a whole picture. It's the big, it's the big grand scheme of things that are really important. And I think what we miss sometimes as parents um, is it's, time with your kids is super important don't get me wrong I'm not trying to minimize that at all but there are some situations where I think we are too involved in our children's lives and we think we're helping them but we are actually hindering them I always apologize to my older son I am sorry you were my first and i didn't know what i was doing and <laughs> i'm sorry that your sister your younger sister that's now the third child that i've been through as a teenager is treated a little bit differently it's not that i didn't love you i was doing the best that i could with what i knew at the time but if i could go back all over again i would not have you know done everything that i did for him and would have maybe let him have some failures himself be, himself because failure is actually the greatest successes come after your greatest failures so <laughs>
0: You know, as you're talking about taking the time for self-care, sometimes that's time away from your kids. Yeah. The obvious point that you made was you're a better parent, yeah. When you have taken care of yourself you're, you know, and, and your anxiety level is not sky high, you're less likely to snap at those kids and make yeah. poor parenting decisions. But the other thing that I think that really does for them is it sets a good example. Yes. It sets the example for them in their future life that you know, taking care of yourself and doing what you need to do is important.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, yeah, leading by example is the best, best thing that we can do um, for our children what's
0: the best advice you have ever been given
1: okay so i guess i'm i'm pretty stuck in my mental health mind here right now but i would say like the best advice i've ever been given um in terms of like anxiety is um to let like actually feel things and not try to busy yourself and shove everything down and not actually process your feelings. So I think whether you're angry, whether you're anxious, whether you're mad, whether you're happy, whatever, you need to actually take the time to feel your feelings, recognize your feelings and um, move through your feelings. Um, It's just a much healthier way to live life. And it, it helps you feel a little bit more authentic and genuine about how you do live.
0: Yeah, taking the time to to acknowledge your feelings and to work through them, I think uh, one of the add-ons to it is to be able to name your feelings. Yes. Sometimes you have to put a name to it. Yeah. In order to in order to take that next step, acknowledge it and then work through yeah. it. Yeah. Now I, I've heard a few different versions of that type of thing from other people. Where did you where did that advice come to you from? Do you uh, remember
1: a great therapist. Okay, well, that's <laughs> I should probably give yeah. my therapist a plug it so okay. <laughs> yeah. But no, Um. honestly a great therapist uh, Told me that and they use the naming as an example that is actually uh-huh. one of my steps when I'm okay. feeling anxious Especially is to step away. And You know, I told you like when I'm in a bad mood I put mm-hmm. on the headphones I do that in an anxious mood too and I name my feeling. so you say I am anxious. I am anxious. This is anxiety I don't know what it is about that that makes it, you know, whatever. If I'm being negative, I actually call that my Nancy, my negative Nancy. <laughs> so I, you know, I think being able to name your feelings and have it be something that um, you can just put a finger on is helpful and then and then really just feeling it. So like, I, I'm gonna call it what it is and then I'm gonna feel it and I'm gonna process it. So I'm anxious, why am I anxious? If you know why you're anxious, then it's pretty easy, right? You think of your worst case scenario, what's the worst outcome? what's the best outcome and what's the most likely outcome. And by just sitting there and thinking through it, it's going to be uncomfortable and it feels counterproductive, right? You're feeling anxious. So you should think about what you're anxious about. But when you actually sit there and you think about it and you process it, it makes it so you don't ruminate about it all day long and keep shoving it back down. If I don't know what I'm anxious about, that's the worst. But I have found that I can, again, just talk to myself. I'm anxious. Why are you anxious? I don't know like I literally am having a conversation with myself and eventually it bubbles up and I figure out oh okay that's my trigger right now I think that's why I'm anxious
0: that's that analytic mind that, yeah that you have yeah so it helps you to helps you to work through that yeah um, and I think a lot of people have that some form of that conversation that goes on in their yeah. heads it's easy to want to stop it yeah say I'm you know, I, I I don't I don't like this conversation going on in my head. It's rough, but but to allow that conversation to continue and allow, and that's that's yeah. how you can work through some of those some of those negative emotions yeah. and those things that and that happen there. Your Facebook profile says that you are a digital creator.
1: Yeah, so that's what I in order to be paid for my reels, I had to switch from a personal profile to a digital creator. And honestly, I had taken some. Um, coaching, some real estate coaching around social media, and I had been very actively posting on social media. People work with people they know, like, and trust. And so the whole theory behind this is if I am out on social media and people know who I am, It's a lot easier when people come to work with me because they feel like they already know me versus now we've got to start this relationship. So that was kind of the whole premise behind it. And when Facebook sent me this thing and said, hey, we'll pay you to do reels and I'm already doing videos all the time. It was really a simple decision to switch to a digital creator profile. It's just a flip of a button and they pay me for making videos and having a creative outlet that I have fun with. It's 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 just me being me. So I've got a lot of stuff, obviously, real estate related out there. A lot of times I'll put like inspirational stuff out there. I've got tea stuff out there. Uh, sometimes it's just really quirky stuff. Like I absolutely hate ironing and I don't believe anybody should own an iron. We have <laughs> wrinkle release on the dryer. So I did a post, like a video the other day about, you know, like if you have if you have a dryer you don't need an iron you know so it's just goofy things like that i'll do reviews on some stuff that i have at my house so it can be anything like just fun and quirky hey this is what i feel like talking about right now and i'm just gonna turn on the camera and talk
0: i'm ready to throw away my iron
1: (laughs) yes yes i know i hate it (laughs) do we get to tell everybody that we used to work together oh absolutely Um, yes yes yes. so we used to work together at medicaid yeah and um, I've, I've, ought to be quite frank. I have always looked up to you because you are not your traditional doctor type. You are quirky and funny and just playful. And um, I have always, like, you've never ever made any of anybody else feel like I'm better than you because I'm a doctor. You're just a nurse. <laughs> and I love that. I love that about you. I don't
0: feel better than anybody else. Yes. I, I mean, I, I, so I, I've never played that card. I hope I've never played that card. Yes. And if anyone. Feels like I have. Gosh, I hope they call me it. No, you have
1: never. But anyway, I have always genuinely wanted to ask you, if you were given the choice between being a musician solely, like you could fund yourself off of your music, or being a doctor, would you have been a musician, or do you like it the way it is?
0: That's a great question. My grand scheme, you're like if you'd ask me when I was in you know junior high school, what, what I was going to do, I was going to be a rock star to pay my way through med school. That yeah. was my plan, and I never had a professional music job. I really enjoy music. I might get a little bored with it if that were all I did. Yeah, I love it as a hobby. I'm not sure if it would, but if I were you know in music professionally full time. I would probably lean more towards doing things like musicals yeah. and and film and TV music. I guess the answer to the question is no. I don't think if I had the option to to just do music that I would that that's what I actually want to do. But I absolutely love music and I love everything that I do in it.
1: And and I guess I'm also curious. What do you hope to get? Is this um, out of this podcast? Is it really just bringing? Love and light to other people and helping people learn about other people, or
0: um, yes, really. Um, I was listening to um, another podcast, uh, Simon Sinek's podcast, A Bit of Optimism, which is a really nice, really good podcast. And he was bringing on people who were leaders in industry, CEOs, um, you know, musicians people who had had great achievements, and he was having these conversations with them and learning things from them. Yeah. And sometimes they were, they were the things that these people, you know, that they brought to their to their companies, the things that made them great, but there were also, you know, little bits and pieces. And I was listening to this podcast going, it, it doesn't take a CEO no. to to have this kind of conversation and to learn from. And I've long known... That you can learn from anybody that you meet, and I learned that as a medical student, just from talking to talking to patients in, during all of my uh, my rotations as a, as a student. And, yeah. and so the roots of this podcast idea yeah. were way back then, but the the idea came as I was listening to the Bit of Optimism podcast yeah. and listening to all of these people telling wonderful information and thinking it doesn't take. CEOs and musicians and 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 political leaders and and people who have made great achievements to learn this type of stuff from having these conversations with people like you and ordinary people. Yes. I'm not even sure I believe in ordinary people, right? <laughs> Everybody's extraordinary in their own way. Yes. And 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 that's what I hope to really bring out in this in this podcast and to share that with people. Yes. And I and I, I hope people will love to listen to it because because. I love to listen to that sort of thing. I love having these sorts of conversations. Yeah. Um, so I'm so glad you came here today that we could have this conversation. Yeah. And, um, me too. And and for me to learn from you, I know I learned a lot of things from you, um, and and you might not have even thought to yourself about the things that you could. That you could teach people. With that, I'll uh, will end today's podcast. And thank you so much for being here, Michelle. Um, to paraphrase, paraphrase the words of one of my college professors: um, uh, If you don't like anything that I've done or anything about this podcast, please tell me. Send me an email. Send me a comment on uh, a comment on this podcast. If you like what you've heard here, tell everyone. Subscribe, like, tell your friends and social media networks so that everyone can learn from anyone on this podcast.